Welcome back to the MPPA Alumni Series. I'm your host, Rada Siraj, and in this episode, we'll be speaking to Clara Bradley, who graduated back in 2018 and is currently working at Civics, a nonpartisan national registered charity dedicated to building the skills and habits of active, engaged, and citizenship among young Canadians. Clara Bradley is currently a data and research analyst, so let's get right into it. Thank you so much, Clara, for being a part of this episode today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. No worries at all. So before we get into what it is that you're doing right now, why don't we talk a bit about your background? Uh, what were you doing before coming into the MBPA program? So my name is Clara Bradley. Uh, in terms of my academic background, I completed an undergrad in political science and environmental studies at the University of Victoria. And uh, in terms of work experience, I had previously spent some time working with the provincial government in BC through a co-op placement in my undergrad at the Ministry of Social Development. And just prior to starting my master's, I was working in university administration. Okay, that's great. And were you a full-time student? So I enrolled in the Ryerson program full-time and graduated in 2018. So I was uh, there in the, the year 2017 and 2018. So I know come graduate school, students get a lot of new, unique experiences that weren't so common in undergrad. Uh, did you take part in, in jobs such as marking positions, invigilators, or TA positions that Ryson likes to call GA, graduate assistants? I did. I uh, worked as a TA for two semesters uh, for their course, Politics and Government 100. Um, so I ran two tutorials each semester, as well as uh, marking assignments and exams and vigiling the exam for the Politics and Government course. I know speaking to other people that they really enjoyed these positions. Not only did they help build skills, but they offered a lot of help financially. So just moving on, of course, when you were looking at programs, there must have been some sort of expectation from Ryerson's MPPA program. So can you talk to us a bit about that and were your expectations met by the program? So in terms of expectations, um, I think, uh, so I definitely anticipated that it would be a more practical master's program. So having the co-op term and an emphasis on applied learning and um, applying that learning, especially to the workplace setting or the real world. And I would say that definitely um, felt true to me um, after completing the program. And I think that was something that I anticipated that um, really played out. Um, I expected that I would be able to access courses that were relevant to my interests. Um, I'd kind of spent quite a lot of time reviewing the program and the available courses uh, as I was applying and before I made my decision to choose Ryerson. Um, and this definitely did come true. Um, and I think that even if um, there wasn't a course that was explicitly a subject or topic matter that I was interested in, I was able to kind of uh, apply my interests to the course material and I found that the instructors and the course format, how they how they were set up, really allowed for that for me to kind of apply my own uh, interests and, and insert that into um, the, what I was learning and use that as a way to, as, as examples there. Um, in order to explore my own areas of interest. So yeah, I think uh, I think that expectation played out as well. Um, I suppose some, I remember reviewing the courses beforehand that were offered in the program and um, a number of them interested me, um, but maybe in terms of uh, 
expectations being met, I wasn't able to take all the courses that I that I interested in, whether that be because they weren't offered that year, if they're electives, or sometimes just the timing um, of the courses that I was interested in, which semesters they were available. Um, but I still uh, definitely um, was able to find things that I was interested in. Um, and then another expectation, I guess, uh, would be kind of around the people that were in the program. Um, so I definitely, I think I was going into it expecting to meet some people that had similar interests to me. Um, it being a smaller program than, say, an undergrad where um, everybody has lots of, they're coming from different places for sure. Um, and I think definitely uh, there were a lot of people with, again, similar interests um, in the master's program. Um, but maybe something that was kind of surprised me a little bit, but in a positive way, um, was that people were coming from very different backgrounds often, and they were bringing their own knowledge and experiences. So while I went more of a traditional route going from political science into policy, um, some people were coming from totally different, uh, whether that's a uh, university background or just life experiences as well. Um, so that was something that was uh, maybe surprised me a little when I started, but in definitely in a positive way. Wow, Clara, thank you so much for the detail on those uh, expectations. Did you have any favorite courses or um, maybe topics that really stood out to you during the course of the year? So one of my favorite courses that I took uh, throughout the program was the Indigenous Law and Policy in Canada course. Uh, this was really related to my interests that initially drew me to it and um, and also even motivated me to choose the program at Ryerson because I knew this was offered. Uh, the instructor, Dr. Palmiter, really brought a lot of knowledge and insight to the course and I think that the content uh, should really be necessary for, for anyone studying policy in Canada as I don't think we can talk about processes of governance in Canada outside of the Indigenous context and it's a really critical piece of the political reality here. Uh, while it was like definitely a challenging course, it, I think it was a really important one and it was hugely beneficial uh, for me and I think for my classmates as well. A second course that I would mention maybe is uh, the Intergovernmental Relations Elective, which is kind of an interesting one. Um, I think at the time, I'm not sure I would have said it was my favorite course, but it's one that I keep coming back to um, now uh, that I'm not in the program, both for its relevance uh, to working directly in policy, which I did as my first job after finishing the program at Ryerson. Um, but it's just been really useful in thinking about also teaching how government works in Canada, which is a little bit more relevant to my current work as well, because um, it really provided uh, the basic knowledge about the dynamics of relations uh, between different levels of government that are really unique to the Canadian context, but are so central to so many areas of policy development and how government actually works in Canada. Um, and so I've just found that knowledge really useful for myself in understanding those relationships and how they shape policymaking, uh, both historically and then what we're seeing today. Um, so it's kind of an interesting one because, yeah, it's something that maybe at the time might not have considered my favorite, but I definitely feel like it has been super beneficial for myself. So now that we kind of understand your expectations and unique experiences that you had, uh, let's go a little bit deeper as to why you chose the MPPA program. Did it truly align with your interests? Uh, so I was motivated to choose the Ryerson MPPA program um, initially because of my interest in the 
practical application of politics and governance. Um, so I thought this program would be a good fit. Um, I liked that it had a co-op opportunity, so that was definitely a draw. I also really liked um, the timing that it was condensed all into one year and finishing off with that co-op so you could transition into the workplace. Um, but even though it was a short, short program, um, I still had the opportunity to do a lot of different things in that time. So not only the co-op, I also did a research project and having the opportunity to be a TA. So knowing that all those things were offered uh, were definitely part of my decision making around that. And um, I thought that there were courses that were interesting and professors I wanted to study with. Um, and maybe the last thing, another thing was that I liked that it was located in Toronto. Um, so there were opportunities to attend other events and make connections beyond the university as well, because um, there's so much going on <laughs> there. I know the program is highlighted for its co-op experience. How about you talk to us about your experience with the co-op placement? I did. So I completed a co-op placement in the Renewables Policy Unit at the Ontario Ministry of Energy, Northern Development and Mines. In the time I spent there, I conducted research on the renewable sector and looked at global long-term energy trends. And I was tasked with completing a report on this research and uh, presenting my findings to my branch. I also assisted my coworkers with other projects and tasks as needed. One of the things that I found was most interesting actually on my co-op placement, uh, for me at least, was uh, due to the timing. So just one month into the placement beginning, um, the provincial election took place and this resulted in a change of government and the first in many years. So I was able to experience firsthand kind of what that shift in political direction looks like from within the ministry and see how those changing priorities impact the public service. And so that actually ended up being one of the most interesting things for me and one of the big um, learning pieces that I took away from, from the co-op experience. So uh, the MPPA co-op program, I would say, was definitely beneficial to me in terms of securing experience in a policy environment directly out of school. Um, so that really helped with uh, getting a start in your career. Um, I felt pretty well prepared, I think, to enter that environment. Uh, there's always going to be things that um, you're encountering that are new, but um, there was a variety of supports throughout the program for um, my cohort in order to help us succeed, I think, in the hiring process and to familiarize us with the public service environment prior to entering it as a workplace. Um, so that was definitely, I felt well supported and set up uh, for starting a career. Um, I think with my eventual then move into working into the nonprofit sector, uh, this felt a little bit more like I was taking uh, more of a self-directed path, um, though I do think that the work I'm doing now is currently is um, definitely related to what I studied. Um, so I, I did, yeah, I took the elective course that was offered by the program about uh, the third sector, so for focusing on the role of nonprofits, and I definitely think that policy degree um, is applicable in a, in a variety of settings, not just working in government. So I think I definitely still took things uh, from the program to that uh, to the nonprofit setting. Um, as I was coming from political science back 
background uh, originally. Uh, I've been personally interested in just thinking about governments at more of a macro level. So this um, kind of led me to my work that I do now in the area of civic engagement and democracy. Um, but I would say that the course content from Ryerson and the skills I gained from my master's definitely helped me build um, like a strong understanding of the policy process specifically. And then, um, so I have an understanding of how that fits into then the broader political context in Canada. Um, so yeah, I would say it's been uh, an asset to me in my current work and career path. Again, that's really nice to hear. Definitely not different from others' experiences. So far, everyone I've talked to has really enjoyed their co-op experiences and learned a lot. So moving on from the program, what was sort of the timeline after this program, after the co-op? Uh, in other words, what are you doing now? So I finished off the program with a co-op placement at the Ministry of Energy in the Ontario Public Service. And then following the end of uh, that co-op term, I transitioned into a position as a project analyst. Um, and it was in the same branch that I had my co-op placement. Uh, so I spent, in total with the, with the co-op, I spent about a year working there um, before I decided to look at other opportunities, see what else was out there. Um, and I'd always been interested in pursuing work in the nonprofit sector. Uh, so I applied for a position working with a nonprofit called Civics. And uh, Civics is focused on building habits of civic engagement among youth. And so I've now been with the organization for about a year and a half now. Um, in that time, I have held a couple roles, uh, starting out as the outreach coordinator and then moving into a position as data and research analyst. Um, in these roles, I've done a variety of things, uh, working to build relationships with educators across the country um, that are running our civic education programming. As well, um, I work on supporting uh, developing educational resources, so teaching about democracy and citizenship and the mechanics of government in Canada. Um, and then as it's a small nonprofit organization, also just generally supporting um, operations at the organization as well. Right, so I'm so glad that you brought that up. I know personally for me, I've heard a lot about civics, but for those listeners who aren't too familiar, can you go a bit more into detail about what the goals of civics are and what they are actually working towards? So Civics is a national nonpartisan registered charity and focused on building the habits of active and engaged citizenship. Um, so our mandate is really around strengthening democracy through civic education for youth. Um, so we create different programming for youth under the voting age. And our flagship program is Student Vote, which is a parallel election that takes place in schools across Canada. And so this happens alongside general elections. So we run them for municipal, provincial and federal elections. Um, just last year in the 2019 federal election, um, last fall, we had 1.2 million students participate. So these students are learning about how government works, they're researching the parties and the candidates, and then they have a chance to cast a ballot themselves. And so we do have a range of other programs as well that build out around learning around citizenship and information literacy. Um, so we're really trying to kind of expand uh, into thinking about what informed citizenship looks like and building those habits young. That's fantastic. And as I mentioned earlier to the audience, you're a data and research analyst at Civics. Can you talk about 
what this job really consists of, what your day-to-day work looks like? So in my current position as a data and research analyst at Civics, I conduct research, uh, draft content, uh, and review curriculum materials for our civic education resources. Um, I also complete some tasks related to data stewardship, so um, around our educator details that we have in our registration database of our um, participants in our programs, and um, taking care of things like mailing lists and uh, as well, I contribute to analysis and reporting for uh, that we have to complete to demonstrate the outcomes of our programs. Right, definitely. And that really goes hand in hand with the whole research and policy and, and the course content that's taught to you throughout the year or two years, depending on if you're full-time or part-time. Um, how about you speak to us about certain projects or tasks that you're currently working on? So in terms of uh, projects and tasks, uh, the big one is Student Vote. So that's our flagship program that we run, um, which is the mock election for youth under the voting age. Um, as part of this program, we release a number of educational tools tools. Um, one of these is called Polonize. That was uh, an online platform that summarizes and allows users to compare the different party platforms and positions on different policy issues. So one thing that I took on um, throughout the course of the previous student vote we ran um, was working to coordinate the research and the writing and translations for this tool. Um, a second online tool uh, that we released was the Vote Compass Youth Edition, which allows students to familiarize themselves with political issues and ideological positions. And then I again uh, worked on researching background information um, on some of the different issues that were covered in the, in the tool. Uh, I also support resource development and program delivery for our student budget consultation program, which uh, the aim of this one is to break down the functions and importance of the federal budget and then provide students with an opportunity to have their say on funding priorities. Right. And kind of going back to the co-op placements, I, I noticed that everyone likes to talk about the co-op placements and just getting there, but oftentimes the transition from being a full-time student and moving in towards that co-op placement and then to the real work, uh, real world, I mean, is oftentimes ignored. Can you give listeners a bit of an insight as to how that transition really was? So as far as transitioning from being a student to the co-op, um, I think the program did prepare us pretty well for working in the Ontario Public Service, at least, which is where I did my co-op. Um, so I was going into it with an understanding of what that work environment would look like and what kind of the key tasks are. Um, I think the pace was could be an adjustment for me, at least. I remember doing a lot of reading the first few weeks and not a lot of uh, finishing projects or anything, um, a lot of uh, foundational um, getting to know the subject matter. Um, maybe time management as well works a little differently when you're in school. You're able to um, set your own schedule based on when you know that you work best in your own work habits, um, but that can be limited uh, when you're working in a nine-to-five workplace. Uh, you don't have as much flexibility, so that could be one thing that's a bit of an adjustment. Um, and in terms of transitioning from being a co-op to working in the real world, um, I don't feel that for me it was the biggest shock, um, but 
mostly because uh, I was ended up working in the same place. So I didn't even move desks and I was already uh, knew the people I was working with and was familiar um, with that environment. So I can definitely see that being more of a challenge if um, I'd been starting a brand new position um, with new coworkers and different subject matter. However, I think that would be a much bigger transition. Right, definitely. I know there's a bit of nervousness when it comes to starting co-ops. Like, most of the energy is gone into finding a co-op placement and then the day you start people tend to feel nervous uh, unsure as to what to expect so that answer was very helpful thank you for that and moving on let's talk about some skills that you find are most useful for this line of work or anything really uh, generally to do with research and uh, policy in terms of skills um, that I've used in the workplace um, definitely I think the big ones uh, that came out of the program, research skills, um, writing concisely and clearly has always benefited me, I think. Um, and then as well, I think uh, teamwork and collaboration. So I remember we did a lot of group work um, throughout the MPPA program. And uh, I think that's going to be useful to you in any workplace, in any workplace setting. Right, those skills are actually mentioned a lot by a lot of individuals I've spoken to and definitely uh, can be enhanced with MRPs. So talking about MRPs, I'm sure that you did one. Can you can you talk to the audience about that? Yeah, so I did do an MRP. Um, so I was working on that pretty much the same time that I was completing my co-op placement. Uh, so the majority of the writing process took place uh, throughout the summer months. Um, at the same time, I was working Monday to Friday. Um, so I didn't really spend much time in person with my supervisor or my second reader at all. Um, but my supervisor and I communicated via email. Um, They're very thorough in editing and providing feedback. And um, I remember that happening in a timely manner. Um, and I think that was ultimately very, I found it very useful, um, the feedback that was provided, and I think it really improved the final product a lot. Um, and that being said, while there was that support there, it did require a lot of uh, self-motivation, I think, to stay on track um, when you're working on a large project that's not um, in the context of the class. So there, I did have to uh, motivate myself to <laughs> keep on time and on schedule in working through that project. Um, but that being said, I was really happy that that was something that I did, even though it was a lot of work and sometimes a struggle to work on after work or on the weekends throughout the summer. Um, that's one of the things that I was really proud of that I did uh, throughout my time um, completing the MPPA program. You've taken part in TA positions, markers, the co-op placement, you've done an MRP, looks like you were taking full advantage of what the MPPA program has to offer. But if you had to give advice to future students, or in other words, if there's something you wish you knew before coming into the program, what would it be? Hmm, uh, something that I wish I knew going into the program would maybe be that it goes by really quickly um, a year can seem like a long time um but then it's not um so i guess in terms of advice if there are things that you do want to do or take advantage of you just have to do it uh so whether that's uh specific research interests you have that you would like to learn more about or opportunities that are offered um yeah you just gotta take them um 
in terms of other advice, um, make friends with your cohort. I definitely met so many great people um, in the time that I was at Ryerson, and that was super helpful. Um, so whether that's support in like a formal group work situation um, or just informal supports through, I remember when we were, I was applying to co-ops, we had, uh, we read each other's resumes and provided feedback um, as well. Uh, there was a group of us I remember helped motivate me in completing my research guide in the summer um, and I found that really helpful to know that other people were going to do the same thing. Um, and then just general career support towards the end of the program when we were in the co-op and afterwards. Um, I definitely took a lot of value from having people going through the same things and um, hearing their experiences. Um, and yeah, definitely the people were like one of my favorite things that came out of the program for sure. Part of the program that I want to point out is the relationship that students end up having with professors or uh, with supervisors. I've for the most part heard very positive things. What was your personal experience like? Yeah, so I found uh, most of the professors were available and approachable. Um, while they kind of, some of them had different teaching styles or support styles. Um, I think for the most part, the in-class time tended to be more student-led rather than lectures from professors, but um, I felt that they were there for support um, if needed, and it was always very uh, familiar environment um, with the professors, so um, that was definitely appreciated. Claire, I'd like to end the discussion here. I'm so thankful for your time, and thank you so much. I'm sure the listeners enjoyed listening to your experiences and learned a thing or two about the MPPA program and how it doesn't have to be the traditional OPS route. Nonprofits are just as important, just as useful, and require pretty much the same skills. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, for inviting me to speak today. Well, everyone, I would like to end this episode here. I hope that Clara's experiences really shed light on what it is like working for nonprofit organizations and really emphasizing the fact that the OPS is not the only route. Although highlighted by the MPA program, it's definitely not the only route and the skills that you learn are transferable and can be applied in many sectors. Stay tuned until next time.